James, question for you is the following. For me? For you. I, I stole this one, I think, from Quora, where we usually steal from, but not always. What quote illustrates some excellent advice your father or grandfather gave you? you it's know, interesting I that, saw that question. Oh, you did? Did you I answer it? No, but I considered bringing that to today's session. No kidding. What happened? Um, you thought it was question. sexist. You thought, why not mother or grandmother? Uh, my grandmother, the answer would be, don't have sex with that girl. <laughs> Um, was that girl anyone in particular or just girls? Um, it was about two different girls. Wh- who were they? They were not Jewish is the thing. Uh, my grandmother was right. very serious about that. How old my were grandfather you? didn't care. He said boys will be boys. How old were you when your grandmother was telling you to not have sex? I was like 26 years old. <laughs> so, and then um, my grandfather... Did you, did you obey? Uh, I can't really remember, Okay, actually. No, I don't think I obeyed. You, is your grandmother still alive? I'm going to assume no. She is not alive, no. Everybody's dead. But my grandfather, I asked him, um, does the universe go on forever? I was in the middle of reading 30 different Flash Gordon novels like I was six years old. And he said, well, think about this. If the universe ends, what's on the other side? So I always I always get out of it. It's not and advice. That, and and, and <laughs> how did that make you feel? It, it made my brain hurt. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, what what's on the other side and it's still the universe and then when does that end like it, my brain was hurting was it that. meant to be a comfort do you think uh i don't know meaning you know, like what's on the other side meaning there's something and it might be better okay or... well well it's related to this podcast he asked a question of which there's no answer so that's you know he answered my question with a question and there really is no way to think about a question it. like is heaven real well, heaven... It's a great question to ask. It's a great question to ask. Hard, and, to pr- and hard to prove the non-existence. Louis C.K. has this great response to that. He's like, you go up to, you know, you die and you go up and you, you meet God and you say, where is heaven? And, and God says, who is telling you this? Like, <laughs> where is this coming from? I, I just made you a whole universe. <laughs> now you think I made you a whole, a whole other universe? You guys are dicks already. Um, did your father ever give you any yes. excellent advice? Yes. My father told me in business, the most important thing is integrity. Hmm. And my father ran his own business. He ran it into the ground, I might add. Like he went did he bankrupt. do it with integrity, though? He did it with integrity, I no, think. No, ser- seriously. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not joking. He, I, I, he totally did it with integrity. Meaning, do you think he had avenues available to him that were smarmy or corrupt or dishonest that he easily could have uh, used? No, but I think the problem was, he, you know, there's two ways to have integrity. There's integrity where you also have a BS detector, and he, he did integrity without the BS detector, so other people were, took advantage of his integrity, and that happened. So it's only, it's only him to blame. I'm not blaming the others. Did that discourage you, however, from acting out his advice? Do you feel that you can be taken advantage of if you are— Oh, yeah, absolutely I can be taken advantage of. So I always do what he said— but I try to be skeptical of any opportunity that's shown me. Mm-hmm. I always ask, why am I being shown this opportunity out of 7 billion people? Like, you know, like somebody once came up to me, this was a few years ago, someone said, you know, Bill Clinton's in this deal, Arnold Schwarzenegger's in this deal, and now we just need 
uh, altitude. Ten thousand dollars more. Can you put it in? That sounds it, believable to me. But it was literally my lawyer introduced them to the guys. Uh, these guys had all been professional whatevers, and so uh, on paper everything seemed legit. But you have to ask the question. Is Bill Clinton really waiting for the phone call? Guess what? James Altucher is in. <laughs> we got him. So you always have to, whereas my father would actually believe, oh, they need me. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, the, all these heads of state are in this deal, and now they need me. My father would believe it. And so he had integrity, but he had no BS detector. Mm. And you need that in business. Interesting. So I never, I didn't know any grandparents of mine. They were all dead. And I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, it is a sadness. And you know what else is sad is my parents are both dead, as are my wife's parents. So my kids haven't had grandparents either, which is a bum. It's a bummer, you know, especially as, um, I mean, one thing is that a lot of parents are having kids older. So it's likely that their grandparents, the grandparents might not be around. On the other hand, the trend is pushing in the other direction, which is a lot of people are living longer. So a lot of my kids have friends who have really a lot of grandparents around because they're living into their 70s, 80s, 90s, and so on. But anyway, that's a tangent. So, and my dad died when I was a kid. So I remembered him and knew him a little bit, but there were eight of us kids and one dad, and he was kind of ill a lot and working a lot. So like, I can, I literally remember like three or four things that my father said, which were nice. He was a very nice guy. Would he say them directly to you or to like the group? I don't think he ever like the gave the basketball team I don't think that he, he had ever, sired. <laughs> I don't think he ever gave me any original material, if you're putting it that way. Like I think he gave me some one-on-one things, but they'd been worked he'd worked the material over through the previous seven kids. So like one thing, like he had this famous in our family saying, and this wasn't directed to me, this was everybody. We'd sit down for dinner, everybody'd be kind of whatever. It's been busy and it's chaotic and you got homework and you got animals to feed. This was a little farm and so on. And everybody's just kind of, you know, quiet and serious a little bit to dinner. And then three or four minutes into dinner, everybody's just shouting and laughing and running around. And his thing was always, you get a little food in your belly and you get rambunctious. And that was like his his catchphrase. And we loved it. Stick around. There's more Question of the Day coming up right after this break. Today's sponsor is Casper Mattresses, obsessively engineered, American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. Listen, you spend about a third of your life sleeping. Let's make sure you're doing it on a good mattress. Casper brings together two comfy technologies for better nights and brighter days, latex foam and memory foam. So they've got just the right sink, just the right bounce, no matter how you sleep. And here's more good news. They've got a risk-free trial and return policy. They'll deliver it straight to you. You can try it for 100 days. And if you're not happy, they'll pick it back up. It's $500 for a twin-size mattress and $950 for a king-size mattress. Comparing that to industry averages, that is an outstanding price point. And now, you can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by going to casper.com question and using our special promo code, which is the word question. Terms and conditions apply. What about your mom, though? Because I think just judging from your prior writings, you had a much closer relationship there. So, James, you are a bit of a, a seer and a prophet because that's where I was going with this. So my mom, who, granted, I had a lot more exposure to because she lived much, much longer, well into my adulthood. So she did have one saying, and she wouldn't say this like 
you know, when I came to her looking, I don't think I came to her looking for advice, frankly. We didn't have that kind of relationship. And she wouldn't say it like in a, here, let me tell you son, something that's important kind of way. It was more like almost a commentary when people would start to think about things in a way that she thought was a little bit off, off as a human. So she was very religious, very kind of humble or aspired to humility at least. And her saying was, enough is as good as a feast. And it didn't really sink in to me much. I I love that actually. I'm going to steal that. Well, I'm giving it to you. You don't have to steal it. That's why I'm giving it to you. So I didn't really appreciate it much when I was very young because when you're very young or when I was very young, I was thinking, well, first of all, you know, our family was pretty poor. Like even enough wasn't really always within reach, but it seemed... And maybe because of that, it seemed like, well, a feast is definitely way better than enough. But then as I got older, um, I just realized that the whole concept of, you know, in psychology, it's sometimes called satisficing versus maximizing. I don't know if you've heard those phrases. Like, you know, they're the people who want to get satisfied, who want to get the thing that they're getting, whether it's friends, maybe spouse, maybe money, maybe job, and that you, um, you you know how to kind of fill yourself up with a good level. And then there are maximizers who never feel satisfied unless they get what they feel is the optimal, the most amount they can possibly get. And um, I think that when it comes to career, to personal relationships, certainly to money, that enough, for me at least, really is as good as a feast because the diminishing returns are really steep. It's not even so much the diminishing returns. So there's also a minimalistic way to look at mm-hmm. it as opposed to satisfying. That's a good point. That's a great uh, point. Which is that you and I actually spoke about this the other day. I spent a good two months mostly traveling on business stuff, and I realized I'm perfectly happy just living out of this suitcase and so uh, I was traveling with my wife, so we were together. And when we got home finally, we literally threw out almost everything that wasn't in our suitcase. So we got rid of or donated all our books, extra towels, sheets, uh, dishes, uh, all the paperwork that we had ever c- accumulated for years, we just got rid of. And so our house is literally empty. Um, so that's maybe not long enough to really know for sure, but on balance, would you say it was a good move for you? Or oh yeah, it it was great mm. because so it's you feel the difference. Mm. I don't know how to describe it other than that. To be honest, like you definitely feel though, like there's there's a a weight off your back. Like and also you feel like okay, I don't really need. I never really needed all these things. Mm. I'm equally happy or more. Since you want to um, steal this phrase, enough is as good as a feast. Let me at least tell you where it came from. So. When I first looked it up, it said that the original source Are you cheating on this podcast with Google? I'm not. But this is something I looked up a long time ago because I wanted to know. Um, When I first looked it up, um, the source given was, it came from Mary Poppins. And I thought, oh man, if my mom is only quoting Mary Poppins, it somehow feels a little bit less profound. Well, she could have been quoting Walt Disney. She could have. (laughs) But then it turns out that Mary Poppins, um, it wasn't originally from Mary Poppins. It goes back to the 1400s, apparently. um, Apparently, A writer named Sir Thomas Mallory, who was a knight who, uh, while he was in prison, compiled the stories that we now know as the the death of Arthur, the legend of King Arthur, that he translated them from um, from French while in prison. So I figure if a guy like that could come up with the notion that enough is as good as a feast, it's definitely good enough for me. Well, I think 
that's the end of all of our podcasts forever. Oh, wait, wait, you're saying there's another one? Okay, well, right after this, we'll hear about it. Thanks again to today's sponsor, Casper Mattresses. Now you can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash question and using our special promo code, which is the word question. Don't spend a third of your life on an overly priced, less comfortable mattress. With Casper's killer prices and risk-free trial, you've got nothing to lose. So get $50 toward any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash question and using our special promo code, which is the word question. Terms and conditions apply. And on the next episode of Question of the Day, same question channel, same question time, here it is. And I asked the question, and then the guy in charge literally said, okay, I take it back. There are some stupid questions, and Dubner just asked it. I have no idea. It was so scaldingly embarrassing. I blocked it. Question of the Day is produced and mixed by Nathan Rossborough with Allison Hockenberry. 